You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Two Bad Tourists. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin. I am one half of the blogger duo, Two Bad Tourists. And joining me, as always, here to my left is David. How do you know that I'm on your left and I'm not on your right? Because I can see you. And we're sitting together because we have been separated for two and a half weeks. So we have been traveling separately. I literally have seen you. I saw you earlier this afternoon for the first time was in almost the, three weeks. Yeah. T- okay, because we, we stay in communication when we're traveling, but I, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah. But this. so much has gone by and we don't like. Ooh, and we were both up. traveling exactly. and um, not for the blog or for work. It was kind of vacation, right? Yours was a Well, mix. mine was all, mine was actually all work related. No, there but was you some went leisure to Chicago. There was some leisure. So okay. my, my first so let, trip. Yeah, why don't you tell let's, us? Let's, let's recap. Yeah, so, let's catch up. What have you been up to? So the first week of my trip, I was on a Virgin Voyages cruise. Okay. So that was semi-work related in that I was there with um, one of the sales managers and we were kind of learning things about, you know, the ship and things like that. But it was mostly vacation. Our good friend, Lindsay. Is that who you're our talking about? Lindsay, who yeah. you can see on our Facebook video. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I did that. I unfortunately had to leave a day early. I had to get off the boat in Ibiza to fly to Los Angeles. What? I didn't which, even know that. There's yes, been so yes, much going which on. Which was totally, it was a whole, which is a work conference and work event. I had like meetings with different vendors and things like that. But then after that, then I went to Chicago for three days if you guys know anything about us, uh, maybe probably don't, but we used to live in Chicago from like 2009 to 2012. So that was the first time I've been back in 10 years. It was an amazing and you trip. went to our favorite restaurant there, Las Marinitas, for Mexican food. For the margaritas, oh, which we call so medicine. Yes. Oh my gosh, was it amazing. Best what did you order for food? Uh, I think I had, I had some kind of a... I remember my friend Neil's plate, but I don't remember mine. Oh, it's because the margaritas are that good. <laughs> no, I respect. And his food is better. Respect. <laughs> I don't remember. And some kind of An- like an Andersonville festival or something. Yeah, there was. And the thing about Chicago is during the summers, there is a festival. And every, because the summers, the warm parts of Chicago are short. So they take advantage. And there is a festival in every neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, once a week in different parts. That is our absolute week. favorite thing about Chicago is all those like yeah. neighborhood festivals. I'm yeah. so jealous. And then they I got went to like went to a surprise queer party, which was at a place called Smart Bar. It's on Sunday nights. This is not an episode of Chicago, um, but it was so cool. It literally, was a queer party with every person in the LGBTQ plus rainbow. I mean, there was. You know, most gay places you have the gays, but it was like the gays and the lesbians and the non-binary and trans That's people. Cool. And that there were drag queens is, yes. there, but not performing. They just were there attending <laughs> drag and what? hanging out. Yeah, it was crazy. It was would crazy. they accept my tips if I still gave them some? I'm sure they would. <laughs> so I, would I, just want, I just want to party yeah, with some drag queens. So you have to come, come to Chicago. Yeah, so, love let's, it. Let's what were you doing? So I went uh, to the South of Spain to Extremadura. I went with our good friend Stevie, who we've mentioned a few times on the podcast. She just moved to Spain. She's my current roommate, so she's applied for visas, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but we did a road trip. We rented a car and drove to Badajoz next to Madura. And I haven't rented a car since, like, pre-pandemic. So it was so fun because you can travel with public transit all around Spain. The regional trains are great. But it's also great to rent a car because you can go to these small towns. Yeah. So we went there for this event, but on the way, we stopped at a small town called Placencia because one of the servers that I know in Madrid, who I work with on my food tours, is from that town. He's like, you have to go check it out. Mm. So we go there and it's like, has a, a beautiful aqueduct. It's got it, the city wall still, the original city walls. And then it happened to be the ferias of oh. that weekend. So that is like the regional like festivals of the town that yep. they happen every year. 
And so there was all these outdoor bars set up. And so people were just like partying on the, in the main square in the Plaza Mayor. Fun. And then I tried their Vino de Pitarra, which is their like regional wine. And I highly recommend not drinking it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Stevie liked it. I was like, pass. But I think there is like a sweet version that I didn't get to try. So uh, we'll see. Uh, the verdict's out on that. Then um, I went to Badajoz for Los Palomos, which is the, like their version of Pride. It's like a queer festival that happens. I think in 2011, the mayor said that there were no queer people in Badajoz. And he used this um, derogatory term, like uh, pal Palomo Cojo, I think in Spanish. Yeah, which is like pigeon like a um, uh, disabled yeah. pigeon or something <laughs> like that. Um, and so then all the queers, which of course exist there and from Badajoz and from the, all around the surrounding region showed up. And yep. then now this festival was born. So it's a fun place to go. Um, the Saturday of the event is like the main event. So we discovered some new music, had a good time. And then on the way back to Madrid, stopped in Merida, which do you know? I mean, there's, it's beautiful. Did you I, watch I, my stories? I saw your story on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> Those Roman ru ruins. Have you ever seen Ro Roman ruins in Spain? Like I know they're no, there, not, but I don't think I've seen Spain, them. Not in Spain. So I didn't know they were in Merida. Uh, yeah, has to be was, on your bucket incredible. list. It was incredible. So um, I think we had some good trips. Amazing. Well, and David is literally going to Greece tomorrow for Speaking our Speaking of Virgin Voyages. Virgin Voyages group trip of the Greek islands. By the way, this episode is not sponsored by Spain or Chicago <laughs> or Virgin Voyages. We're just catching up because it's been so long. Yeah, and then we like barely have time that we're in the same city in Madrid right now because I'm taking off tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you want to join any of our trips, you can check out our website, twobetters.com, and see where we're going. You can join us on a Virgin Voyages cruise in the future. Definitely. But let's get to this episode. Well, so, before we get to this episode, oh, this episode is actually, we just realized this today, but this is the last episode oh, of season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did not realize that. <laughs> so welcome to the last yeah, season two. Yeah. So. So we are we're gonna take a few months break, um, mostly just because we have trips and some travel, but also we are gonna revamp season three. We are we'll gonna stay tuned to the end of the episode and we'll let you know what you can expect in season three. Oh, so I tell them then and not yes, now. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Then I will So let's get to them. this episode. This episode is sponsored by Visit Malta. So we're gonna talk about our trip to Malta, which we went to in twenty twenty one. We'll talk a little bit about Euro Pride, which is happening in Malta this year, and we'll offer tips and recommendations for your own trip to Malta. But please tell me that you have some fun facts like usually. Of course, because Yay! this is like a new thing and I think it's fun. One of my favorite things about preparing these podcasts is doing the fun facts because they're really interesting and you like them too because when you read them because they're like new to me <laughs> yeah so let's get let's get started so malta is one of those countries where they drive on the left side of the road and the reason is because it was under former british rule from 1814 to 1964 uh, malta is also, also a popular filming location so you might recognize some of these movies like gladiator world war z and my personal favorite jurassic world dominion I loved being able to watch that movie yeah. and recognize the places yeah, that we yeah. saw in Malta, like the main square there. And I was like, ah, the Velociraptors, I was living. Yes. And maybe you heard of a small TV series called Game of Thrones. They filmed season one there what as well. What is it? Game of Thrones. Did I say did I slur already? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. We're, we're on number one of wine today. <laughs> I was like, shit, call me out. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, so Malta Malta's a really tiny place, but for such a small place, it is actually home to 10 UNESCO World Heritage Sites, which is uh, incredible. We'll talk can you more. name them? I can name 
um, some of them later offline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but now speaking of uh, other random facts. Um, fun facts. Uh, excuse fun me, facts. fun facts. Fun facts. So fun. national holidays, Malta celebrates 14 national holidays throughout the year, and it's one of the highest uh, numbers amongst EU countries. And of those, a lot of them are religious celebrations. Malta hosts 75 local village festas between June and September. So these festas honor the town's patron saint. Uh, and was originally a religious celebration, much like we do here in Spain, actually. Mm -hmm. And did you know that living with your parents uh, until the age that you get married is actually a normal thing? You did because you created this outline for us. But I don't know if everyone else listening did. Well, and I also feel like living with your parents, maybe not till marriage in Spain, but at least until like your mid-20s. Yeah, that's not quite so here as well. It's uncommon. a more European or Southern Europe, Mediterranean. For sure. But will. definitely, you know, you asked where we're from, like, now, parents like bitches get out of my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, all right. So, separately, Malta in Malta, there are 359 churches, which is almost one for every day of the year. And again, Malta is a geographically a very small place, so that is a, a lot of churches. Mm. And Malta is 98% Roman Catholic, but um, very much like Spain. And we'll get to this. I, Malta is kind of one of those places that's you know very culturally religious, but you know in practice they're they're much more progressive. Yeah, they go through the motions for the tradition <laughs> of it, but not necessarily yeah. huge believers. Uh, the Maltese are also nuts about Eurovision. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, much like uh, we are as well in the gays. Um, but there's also a lot more Maltese in Australia than there are in the country of Malta. And the reason is because of World War II, there was a lot of destruction there. So there's a huge migration from Malta to Australia. And Malta was one of the most heavily bombed places during World War II because of its strategic location. Maybe that's why Australia is allowed to be in Eurovision. Oh, uh, look at how I didn't even try to link those two facts. But yeah. oh, look at how I you mean, did that. Look at that. If Malta can be in Eurovision and they have less people in Australia, yeah, than Maltese, all right. I'm just making stuff up. Well, they're also like a former British, British colony, colony, so yeah. it's all well. But like, I mean, yeah. that could be half, you know, a quarter of the planet. Well, whatever. Anyways, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the Maltese language because they do have a language called Maltese, which is probably different than anything you've heard, um, or very similar to many things you've heard, maybe. So one fact that you should know is that the language is uh, one of the most diverse in the world. And if you can believe it, it's a mix of or a mixture of Italian, Arabic, French and English. And um, Malta actually was a French colony, but only for two years. So that's, you know, why they have some French influence. Uh, Napoleon actually invaded the islands in 1798, uh, but his rule did not last long. Um, but more so the Maltese language actually, and the culture actually has a deep Arabic influence. Um, so by now, if you're looking at a map, you would know that, uh, it's just about 300 miles North of, uh, the coast of Northern Africa. So obviously, uh, you know, the Arabs were one of the first occupiers of the islands in 1870, or excuse me, uh, 870. Uh, so there's lots of influence. And then, uh, after the Normans defeated them in, uh, 1090, then uh, Muslims and Christians lived side by side until Islam was expelled in the mid 13th century. I feel like the Arabic influence of the language is why I can't pronounce some of the yes, venues that yes. we're going to try to say and butcher later. I apologize. David has most of them, but I have one for the that. End of that. <laughs> uh, tell us about the Knights of St. John. All right. So although these islands have been inhabited for thousands of years, what really brought uh, Malta to its prominence in the world uh, were the Knights of St. John. So once uh, they were forced to leave Jerusalem and the island's uh, roads, um, 
they then made a home uh, in Malta. So the knights were given the island in the year 1530 by the King of Sicily, who at the time happened to be King Charles I of Spain. And then they ruled over it for 250 years. So that was kind of their like heyday of the time. So you mentioned that it was just about 300 miles above the uh, coast of North Africa, but it's even closer to Italy. It's just 60 miles from Sicily. So uh, on a clear day, you can even see Sicily from the shores of uh, Gosso Island. It's also very densely populated. It's one of the smallest countries in the world. And so uh, it has 122 square miles of land. So with a population of over 500,000, it's going to be a lot of people and a very compact space. Yeah, so those are your fun facts about Malta. We are going to get into the episode. Uh, but first, if you like the show, please subscribe to it on Colin, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and give the episode a like with the heart icon once it's published. Of course, season three will be different, but that's our script for now. Uh, and you can always follow us on social media. We are always at Too Bad Tourists. And lastly, please feel free to leave a comment about what you want to hear more of or send us a message on social media or by email. Um, because we do listen to um, ideas for next episode. Yeah, we get great ideas from you all. So um, why do we know so much about Walta apart from the Googling I did for our fun facts? <laughs> because we visited two years ago in 2021, right after, we were actually supposed to visit sooner, but because of the pandemic it delayed. But we did go, and I think it was July 2021, uh, and we went on a press trip. Uh, we were hosted by a company called Bloom, who does, um, they're like an incoming agency that, uh, host groups and things and like that. And, wonderful host. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you, Nadine. We miss she, you. She was amazing. And, and her company, they do a lot of like LGBT events and things like that. So they're, they're actually one of the companies um, that's the primary organizers of Europe Pride and lots of the ancillary things. And that she was married to that. her driver, right? <laughs> she was married to her driver. Or no. was her husband her driver? <laughs> yeah. I think her husband happened to I'm gonna later say become her She was married to her driver. <laughs> That's how I would explain <laughs> oh it gosh, always. Yes. But we had a wonderful time. They showed us um, all the, the yeah. best parts of the island and, and wonderful memories. Which we're going to tell you about here uh, in a moment. So um, a little bit more about kind of the the background of Malta. It's an archipelago of islands that are located in the center of the Mediterranean. It's just south of Sicily, as I mentioned before, and north of uh, northern Africa. Uh, the archipelago consists of three main islands, which are Malta, Gozo, and Comino. And they offer wonderful sunny weather. They have great beaches, good nightlife. And if you're into a lot of history, well, they have about 7,000 years of it. So only, only 7,000, probably more than that. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but my impression of Malta was like, I was so impressed because it's one of those places that I've heard the name. So I knew it was kind of a place. <laughs> but I knew nothing about it. I, I didn't know. know. And if you look at it on the map, it's so tiny. You just wouldn't expect everything that we saw. And, you know, unlike its neighbor to the North Italy, like Italy is probably one of the most famous countries in the world for tourism. You sort of have this perception of what Italy should be. Malta had no sort of expectation. Yeah. When I, went. I was yeah. blown away. Like, I mean, everything you just said, the history, the, the terrain, the people, the the culture it was just so cool to to be there, learn about it and experience. Yeah, and it all. since it's one of, is it the only other country in the EU? Well, 
when the UK was part of it. Uh, uh, that, other, yeah, yeah. Is it now the only country well, that uh, Ireland. Has, they're, okay, they're Ireland. Really, yeah, so. Ireland and Malta are the only ones that have English as an official language. Yeah. Like, they speak Maltese there, but yeah. people go there um, from abroad to study English. Yeah, because, everyone in Malta speaks, yeah. speaks native English, you know, as if they, they, they obviously speak with a Maltese accent, but they, they speak perfectly. Yeah, it's um, a nice, another fact about it. So let's get into the queer scene of Malta and what people can expect. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, like I just said, Malta may not yet be on your travel radar because maybe you don't know too much about it, but it is quickly making a name for itself, not just from a tourism uh, perspective, but particularly for, you know, the LGBT uh, community perspective, which we'll uh, get to in a minute. Um Malta, like many Mediterranean countries, was heavily influenced by the Catholic Church over the centuries. So, you know, a lot of the histories and buildings and local culture is influenced uh, by religion. So very much like Italy to the north, you know, it's a very Catholic country, historically speaking. But that's kind of where the similarities between Italy and Malta end. Yeah, like while Italy has remained very conservative under the Vatican, uh, Malta, not so much because it's been elevated. LGBT rights in Malta have been elevated. It's considered some of the best in the world. So, for example, in 2015, the European region of ILGA or ILGA ranked Malta first in terms of LGBT rights out of the 49 observed European countries. So um, ILGA, this is the the advocacy group promoting the interests of the queer community within Europe. Yeah. So that's a huge. It is huge. And if I'm not mistaken, a, a similar index either this year or last year, 2022, if Malta is not number one, I mean, it's in the top two or three. Consistently, which I think is very much um, overlooked and not known within our own community. I mean, I I don't think I knew this before. Well, and and hopefully the fact that they have Europride, I don't even remember if we've mentioned Europride yet, but maybe... We mentioned that we were going to talk about Um, it. But I I think, I hope this is going to bring more more sort of uh, recognition to it, but let's kind of get into events. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Yeah, let's go and let's talk about Europride. Okay, so if you are looking for LGBT events, uh, uh, in Malta, Malta Pride is always hosted at the beginning of September. However, this year in 2023, Malta actually won the bid for Europride. And so Europride is an event that happens within the European, um, I guess, continent, let's say, and it moves every year. So different cities bid to host it. And so this year it was granted to Malta. Um, so that's happening in September and we're going to see a huge influx of LGBTQ plus tourists coming for the event. And big, can you guess who is the huge, big headliner? Remember Malta is a tiny, tiny place. It's a speck in the Mediterranean Island, half a million people population. Guess who's headlining Malta Europe? I got this. I got this. If you want to be with me, baby, there's a price to pay. I'm a genie in <laughs> a bottle. Oh, God. Okay, we got to cut that out. Cut that yeah, out. sorry. But yes, Christina Aguilera it's is headlining the Europe Park for Malta, which is so awesome. Um, so it's exploding this year in September. Um, you know, normally it takes place uh, annually, Europride, as I said. So um, the theme of Europride was selected to this year kind of op- offer a beacon of hope for the neighboring countries, you know, places like Northern Africa, for example, or Middle East who can't really, you know, be themselves in the LGBT community. Or the other places around Europe where there's getting a lot of kind yes. of nationalist extreme right wing exactly. groups. So, yeah, basically that's the theme and, you know, the countries beyond whose communities are still fighting for LGBT acceptance. Because obviously geographically, 
it's actually closer to many parts of you know northern africa than than europe so well, some of the uh, venues that you can go check out uh, if you want to um, see where the gay scene is. Uh, well, Malta is a small island, so that also means that there's a small gay community. So there's going to be relatively few designated gay clubs and bars for the gay scene to take place. But there are a lot of um, or a selection of gay events. So for starters, for a designated venue, there's Michelangelo Club. It's one of the, it is the only gay nightclub on the island, so it gets very busy and lively. So that can be a good and a bad. At least you know the guaranteed place mm-hmm. to go to, but uh, the lack of options is kind of a negative there. But there's also reoccurring parties. So there's Lollipop and Nerve. So Lollipop is Malta's biggest queer event, and there you're going to find a range of pop and house music. It's been around since 2016, and it has different themes each month. So um, in the winter, there'll be indoor clubs, but in the summer, you can expect pool parties. At Nerve, you're going to find your pop hits, uh, Eurovision hits, as well as great DJ lineup. They got amazing queer talent, drag queens, performers, visual artists, and DJs, so both great options. So other places you can uh, visit where the gays tend to congregate would be thirsty, uh, the Thirsty Barber. So it's uh, themed to a 90s, 20, uh, 1920s New York uh, Prohibition period where they serve cocktails of the area, uh, of the era, excuse me, um, infused gins. Wait, and what are the of cocktails liquors. of the era of prohibition? Water? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, it probably like... Yeah, I get it, like moonshine. Moonshine, <laughs> infused cocktails, things like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't actually know. But Alcohol, sure. they made in their toilets. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a place called Maori Bar, which has ocean views and uh, good drinks. But honestly, wherever you and your gay friends are hanging out, uh, that's uh, going to be where the gay scene is. It's like Gorilla Gay Bar in Chicago. Sure. When you just go, all the gays would show up yeah. to random so bars. get and... a big group of gays, and that's the gay place like Europe, right, for example. So, so that's a, a quick wrap-up of the queer scene in Malta. Some other recommendations uh, for your visit, places to visit. Um, and just general see, tips. Yeah, food, climate. Let's get into that. So... Um, you know, overall Malta has reasonable prices. It's got kind of an island vibe to it. There's unique topography considering that it's an island in the Mediterranean. It has the historical cities and monuments. And as we already mentioned, it's quite welcoming to the queer community. Um, it's going to see peak tourism in the summer, which is going to be about April to, uh, October. The Mediterranean climate means that even off-season visits are going to be a good time for a weekend trip. So July and August, uh, just know that it can be hot. September can be humid. The winter is also a good time to visit, though. The temperatures are much cooler, and but still enjoyable. Maybe the only time you might want to avoid are January and February because of the rain. So, um, of course, you want to try the Maltese food when you visit. So when we visited in 2021, Maltese food was described to us as Italian-style with a French touch or maybe Frenchified Italian. Uh, so it was uh, quite similar to that, Italian, but just a bit heavier. That description, I mean, sounds amazing, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it sounds good. Um, and so if you're interested in like some outdoor plaza dining, for example, in Valletta, which is the capital city, um, one recommendation would be 59 Republic, which I believe we ate at when we were there. Um, but honestly, if you want a selection of restaurants and bars with outdoor seating, just walk down Straight Street, which is the former red light uh, red light district of Letta. There's lots of options there. And then um, a place called Michelangelo is a gay owned bistro, which is also uh, worth visiting. If you're on Gozo Island, you can go to... Where? Here it is. Here's the... I know. This is the... Try it. Yeah. Ta, ta Kent the Contra Bar. I'm going to spell that. T-A-C-E-N-C. Kentra 
bar and restaurant. I apologize. I can't say these things, but you're going to enjoy great food there. The Caponata is a must and there's beautiful sea views. You can even walk down and take a dip from there. Later, you could go to Cafe, Cafe Del Mar, which is a popular spot for drinks during the sunset. It's located up north, about 30-minute drive from Valletta. When you're visiting the three cities, which do you want to kind of give them a run? I don't think we've mentioned the three cities yet. Yeah, so Valletta is the capital, which is the walled city. But um, just outside of the walled city, across the bay, you know, many old cities have these little harbors because they were good for shipping and stuff like that. So across the harbor is a place that they call the three cities because at one point they were three distinct, you know, like separate cities now i think they're just sort of districts Merged into. yeah but if you kind of look at the map there's kind of like i don't want to say three peninsulas but there's kind of three regions where these cities kind of came together is but that where we from, wandered and got lost yes. and like we took it was very residential and we yes. took a bunch of photos yeah but it's oh, really beautiful um so yeah it's it's definitely a place to visit, it is really that's, beautiful that's the three yes. cities but you can from the of the capital city when you look out over the bay that that's kind of the view you you see when you're looking i'm not sure what direction that is but um, very picturesque. So if you're there, you can try out Vault 1 on the waterfront for an assortment of different food that can be more like street food. So like burgers, pizzas, pastas. And we, and we ate there, actually. I remember that. Yeah. And when in Malta, definitely drink Maltese wine with all your meals. We did, as we are usually drinking <laughs> yeah, wine and I, and from I have, whatever and, and, region. And I don't know this for a fact, but I have a feeling they don't export that much because they probably drink it all themselves. Like countries that produce small quantities yeah. tend to drink it all themselves. So while you're there, get it in. Yeah. And as you tour the island, you'll see a cheap, well-known treat called a pastiz, which is a ricotta cheese stuffed pastry that is definitely worth Yeah, you have more to try it. it. Like, you can buy it for like a euro or two. It's, it's definitely worth it. Um, kind of like a street food mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, be sure to stop into Cafe uh, Cordina and try the famous traditional honey ring. And what else do you have for us, David? Well, if you want more traditional Maltese dishes, you can try their national dish, which is rabbit stew. You could try ratatouille, fish pie, egg and noodle frittata. And for dessert, don't miss the cannoli spelled with a K. You can also enjoy a kisk beer with spelled with a C or a good Maltese wine, as I mentioned, uh, in the capital city of Valletta. I love cannoli with a K. Cannoli with a K. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, like, where do you want to stay? So... Um, when we were there, we just, we, we happened to only stay in one place. So, you know, I'm sure there's probably many fabulous places to stay, but uh, Valletta. We have one great, we have one great recommendation. Valletta, which is the capital, which is the walled city, which is incredible. Like, I think that's really a great place to, to base yourself while yeah, you're there. Um, you can kind of visit the island and day trip around. But um, we actually stayed at the Phoenicia Malta, which is uh, just outside the, the Bastion walls. Uh, and it's a super historic property. And uh, it's a luxury stay within steps of the Valletta Gates. It was built in 1936. Uh, the property is not only an amazing, has amazing history uh, with elegant old world design and architecture, but also combines some like elements of, you know, modern touches and things like that. So it has some more modern things, has beautiful gardens, it has an amazing infinity pool and relaxing spa, which is only open like five years ago, six years ago in 2017. And interestingly enough, when they were kind of digging, you know, as they do in old European places, when you dig, you always which is find always dangerous. something. Yes, yeah. So find when something. they were constructing the spa, they uncovered like the original fortification walls uh, dating back before Valletta was even the capital, you know, or before it was even constructed. And those are on display there, Yeah, so right? those are now on display in the spa of the Phoenician because, you know, when you dig those up, you have to like preserve them and everything. This is why this is our like fantastic recommendation because you're going to get a great place to stay, yeah, a great yeah, location, yeah. and you're going to get some historical sightseeing in while totally. you're at the fucking spa. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's a 
you sold me on it. I think just with that description, <laughs> like, let's go back. Uh, some of the sightseeing activities that you can do, basically you can cover them, you know, over a long weekend, three to four days. And it's great to start with the capital of, of, of Valletta. Um, if you're into, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, Game of Thrones, which, Game of what? which who isn't, I didn't slur, <laughs> I'm paying attention, uh, which who isn't into Game of Thrones, um, you'll be pleased to know that there's uh, a lot of season one was filmed there. So there's um, three main locations that you should check out. So there's the San Antonio Palace, there's Medina, and then there's the Azure Window. So the Azure Window is natural limestone. It's 28 meters tall, and it was used to uh, to film the scene where uh, Drogo and Daenerys got married. So if you yes, want to go see that, absolutely you absolutely have to go, to go visit and see it. Yes, and if you want to go see that, you need to go back in time before <laughs> oh, no. March 2017. Just get in your time machine, and you're going to get great views of it. Because <laughs> in March 2017, <laughs> it collapsed because of extreme weather, so it, it was lost. I literally, I remember when that happened. Watching it on the news, it was like national I news. No, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. like world news. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm making a joke out of it, but it is sad that it's, it's sad. gone because uh, you don't get to visit anymore. You can visit where it used to be and imagine it, um, yeah. or watch Game which, of Thrones. Which we did. One. We saw it. I know. We yeah, we pulled up like, the photos. That used it, to be exactly. Where it was. Yeah, it is a bummer, but um, there are still great other locations to see. There's lots of different locations. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the capital city of Valletta, uh, which actually happened to be designated the European city of capital or the European city of culture in 2018. So within this uh, walled city, you'll find lots of shops, restaurants, and bars. It was we discussed. You could explore the Lascaris War Rooms, for example, to understand more about uh, Malta's history in World War II. Uh, perhaps you could pass by St. John's Co-Cathedral. Don't really know what a co-cathedral is, but they have one there in Malta. Uh, I think they're basically like two cathedrals that share like yes. similar status anyways, uh, which I'm sure we saw, and uh, you should see too. And uh, that Co-Cathedral of St. John's was built by the Knights of Malta in 1573. And you could also marvel at the uh, gorgeous uh, old palace armory. You could visit the ruins. Like gorgeous, uh, I think. <laughs> gorgeous. gorgeous. The gorgeous, the gorgeous old palace, palace armory. <laughs> and then you could visit the, it's the wine. It's the wine talking. It is and the wine. You could visit the ruin of the Royal Opera House. My gosh. And then finally take a Valletta Coastal walk around the city walls. Because it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So when traveling, I like to go for the food. I like to go during events as well. But also when I'm at a place, I want to see amazing views. I think that's a fantastic thing to, to, to go see. So if you want good views while you're in Malta, you can um, go to um, the Barrett Gardens and you'll get wonderful views of the three cities that Austin had described earlier. It's the highest point in Malta. And from the Barrett Gardens, you can see tiny fishing boats and huge cruise ships that are floating in the Grand Harbor below. The gardens themselves are also really quite calm and shaded and it's a great place to get uh, some shade from the sun, which I remember being really mm. intense while we were there. So it's a good place to to go get some protection. And this is also where the knights used to hang out as well. So you can take the lift down to the harbor from the gardens to catch the gondola or ferry back over to the three cities. So but don't forget choice. the co-cathedral. You know how much I love co-cathedrals. I think I'm going to edit that part out anyway. Right, just, you know, Wikipedia and Google what a co-cathedral is because David and I don't no, it's a cathedral. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, moving, right. On. moving on. <laughs> moving on to David's not going to edit that out. Let's just keep it. In. It's part of our. It's part of our. You're making my editing process more difficult. 
All right. So now talking about uh, the island of Gozo. So it's a smaller island. I think it's north of the, the main island of Malta. So, for example, if you happen to be, you, you can visit Gozo without a car. But if you happen to be renting a car, maybe taking a private tour, you can actually take the fast ferry from Boleta. And uh, you can connect to Gozo and then you can just take the hop on hop off bus or you can you can actually just, you know, to take public transit and then do that hop on hop off bus. And then you can see the main sides of Gozo. That's actually a really easy way um, to do that. I know those things are sort of touristic, but I mean, I actually like. Oh, no, them. I love those. Yeah. I always recommend them. They're, they're actually a great way to see something in a quick way. Um, you can see the Inland Sea, which is really famous. It's kind of like a hole, a gorge in the cliffs where like the water from the, the outside sea goes inland. And we did a little boat ride and tour in there. From there is actually where you used to go out in a boat and you could see the Azor window. Um, it's no longer there, obviously. There's also a place really nearby that you can go visit, which is called the Blue Hole. But uh, people will go. The, what? the Blue Hole. There's a joke here. I just can't think of it. Don't say it. Edit it out. What is the joke? The out. blue hole. There's something there. <laughs> I don't know, but earlier you were saying get it in, and I didn't say a joke. Get it in the blue hole. Get it in the blue hole. Anyways, if you're into it. like snorkeling, I think it's more of a diving spot. You can go to the blue hole. Anyways, uh, Game of Thrones. I'm at the thought of a Game joke of Thrones was was filmed there in Gozo. A lot of scenes. Um, if you want to see the the Citadel, it's a medieval fortress in Victoria, which is Gozo's capital city. Um, you definitely should visit that. It's it's pretty cool who went. And then as for beaches, um, there's lots of coast, obviously, in Malta, but there's not very uh, sand, very many sandy beaches. Um, but there are plenty of spots to enjoy the water anyways, uh, like the Blue Lagoon, which is pretty famous in Malta. It's not, like, so accessible by land, but you can get, like, a boat tour um, to go visit and kind of, you know, go snorkeling and go hanging out and, you know, swimming around there. Um, and then there's the Bay of, here's my turn to try to pronounce this. There's the Bay of Magar Ixini, as well mm. as St. George's Bay. Yeah, okay. Bay. That actually sounds I think if you bad. just say it fast, yeah, that's you sound like you know what you're talking about. Half a bottle about. of wine. Um, another... <laughs> I had way more than a half bottle of wine. Don't <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> How dare I? Another way to enjoy the water in Malta is by kayaking, and you can kayak around Gozo Island. There are two main kayaking tour companies that we recommend, which are Kayak Gozo and Gozo Adventures. So you can choose between a short paddle along the north coast of Gozo or go for a full or half-day trip as well. And you'll be able to see the rocky coastline and even a secret cave. So very good option. For All right. Interest. So coming back to the, the main, I don't know if they call it the main island, but the island of Malta, which ha happens to also be the name of the country. Um, so probably one of the most famous places to visit is uh, Medina, which, which has awesome history and sites. So Medina is a medieval town. That was inhabited for over 4,000 years, if you can believe it. It used to be the capital uh, before the arrival of the Knights, the ones that we told you about earlier. Um, so it's, you know, like many old medieval towns, it's perched on the hilltop and is one of the top places to visit Malta with views all over the surrounding countryside. Um, and the town itself is one of those, uh, like, picture-perfect places with, like, twisty back streets and mm -hmm. honey-colored mm -hmm. buildings. Um, there's tons of great photo opportunities everywhere you look. It happens to be nicknamed the City of Silence. Uh, so even if you were visiting in the morning and it was like running, you know, overrun with like day trippers and things like that, you might be wondering where that name comes. But, you know, if you actually say the night in Medina, you would know why, because it's like super like quiet and tranquil. Um, so most people visit Medina, but don't actually stay there. So 
um, that's kind of where it comes from. So anyways, it's a timeless place. It's beautiful. The atmosphere is cool. We visited. You yeah, have to visit. I and remember I, I remember there's like a scene of Game of Thrones where they're all like coming back from some ba battle and walking into the gates that was filmed in Medina. Yes, definitely worth a visit. I would love to go back. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this oh, episode. Oh, me. <laughs> I thought, I thought we're talking about Not this. you. you uh, have, you've been fine. barely keeping up your end of the episode. Uh, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you want to learn more about Malta, I don't have an end to this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> David's the one who said more than half follow one. Oh my God. Uh, work because we don't have a Malta gay guide. That's why. That's what I normally say. We actually have a couple of blog posts on Malta on our website. So just go to our website and Google Malta Tourist. Okay, great. Yeah, we have tips. Just go <laughs> do that. Go to our website and find it. Uh, if you like this episode, please subscribe to it on Colin, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts and give the episode a like with the heart icon once it's published. You can follow us on social media. We're always at Two Bad Tourists. And lastly, please feel free to leave a comment about what you want to hear more of. Yeah, and then just ignore everything David said because season three is totally changing. So we might be on, no, we Whoa. are actually, no, yeah, actually we will be on all those platforms, but we, so yeah, back to what we said at the beginning of the episode, this is the preview of season three. So yeah, but because we, this is our last episode yeah, yeah, yeah. of season so, two, so, were, were we uh, just a yeah. hot mess this whole episode yes, that we're actually yes. doing something we're, and we're about to be a hotter mess. So I, I think we like briefly mentioned it on the last podcast, but we've actually set up a proper podcast studio here in my apartment. We're not using it We're not yet. using it now because I tried to install the noise-canceling uh, curtains and they all fell off, so I need to. Uh, they're all, like, sitting on the floor. Oh, right God. Now. But I'm going to hire a handyman who's going to install that he or she or they are going to uh, a handy okay. person. A handy person I'm going to hire. A <laughs> handy person. And all they're right, going to yeah, install the noise curtains. Anyways, we're going to have a podcast studio. We are going to stop using Colin as our primary uh, recording platform if everything goes well. Are you well. allowed to say that on Colin? Yeah, it will be Spotify, and then we're going to, you know, broadcast to the others like Google and, you know, Apple and all those like we're doing now. Uh, but the big change is we are going to still do like a live podcast, but it's going to be on Facebook Live. And then it's going to, at the same time, uh, air on YouTube and I think LinkedIn and Twitter all at once. So that is the end goal. So how long... we're going to be like camera ready. Yes. So oh. however, so how many bottles of wine is that? To be camera that, ready? That is a rhetorical Oh, I'm question. talking about, like, I'm going to need, like, a glam squad on me. <laughs> like, Anyways. <laughs> so if everything, well, however long it takes us to get all that shit together. <laughs> and no, well, David to get his glam squad in place. I mean. That is when season three is launching. I've been watching too much Beverly Hills. That, that uh, is when Real season Housewives. three is launching. So we will talk to you. In I mean, maybe yeah. September, I think September or maybe 2015. Uh, no. Did I just are say 2015? Back, back in time. We're going to go see that <laughs> your window. I said 2015. <laughs> this episode's a mess. We'll see you when we see you. Season three. All right, guys. We're thank excited. you so much thank for, for if you listen to season one and season two. We will talk to you in season three. Bye. Yes. Bye.